By changing your surroundings, you can place a hurdle in the way of bad behaviors and remove the barriers to good behaviors. James Clear refers to this strategy as environment design. Here's an easy way to apply environment design to your own life. Think about your environment in relation to the number of steps it takes to perform any given habit. To make good habits easier, reduce the number of steps to do them. To make bad habits harder, increase the number of steps between you and the habit. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I live in London, Ontario, Canada. After 18 years of working with patients to help them take on better habits for health and wellness, as well as a year of personal monthly habit challenges, I've learned how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So I'm getting into about my habits and routines, and I'm hoping to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. Today's episode is episode 129 of the Improvement Project podcast, and on this episode, we are going to discuss how your environment plays an important role in your ability to take on and maintain good habits. We are also going to talk about some simple changes that you can make to optimize your environment for your best success. This is something that my online pretend best friend, James Clear, and my other online pretend best friend, Gretchen Rubin, both talk about regularly. And as usual, I want to share some of their wisdom with you. It's hard to make changes or stick to your habits or do the same thing over and over again, even if you know it's good for you and even if it's something that you really want to do. I think it's fair to say that all of us that struggle with being consistent or getting motivated or procrastinating, we think that we just need an incentive to get moving, like some motivation. We are waiting to be struck by the lightning of, ta-da, now I am motivated to take on the world. Getting or finding motivation is for an episode all on its own. But what I want to talk about today is, What if you could avoid the delay, the procrastination, and the angst, and just do the thing without needing any motivation at all? What? How is this possible? Well, my online pretend best friend James Clear explains by starting with a reference to a study done on organ donors in 11 European countries, which revealed just how much your environment impacts your behavior, often without you even realizing it. Well, this seems like we're going right off the tracks, right? How is this related to getting things done without being motivated? Let me sum up. The difference in the rate of people who became organ donors was due to the type of form that each country sent out. The countries with low rates of organ donors sent out a form that said, if you want to be an organ donor, check here. In other words, the form required people to opt in. Meanwhile, The countries with high rates of donation sent out a form that said, if you don't want to be an organ donor, check here. In other words, the form required people to opt out. The difference was astounding. In the countries where you had to opt in, rates of organ donation were somewhere between 4 and 27%. In the countries where you had to opt out, rates were all above 85%. If someone asked why or why not you chose to be an organ donor, you could probably come up with an important reason for your answer. After all, being an organ donor seems like a very personal decision. But the truth here is, 
whether or not you chose to be an organ donor had more to do with the type of form you were sent than anything else. Consider the impact of this. If a simple form can make such a drastic difference in your choices, how do other pieces of your environment impact you on a daily basis? What is going on here and how can we use it to improve our lives? Well, let's talk about how your environment impacts your behavior. The researchers of this study summarized the impact of the environment design by saying, in most cases, the majority of people choose the default option to which they were assigned. In other words, most of us respond the same way to the cues that surround us. If you are sent a form that asks you to make a tough decision, you will probably go with the default option. If you see a cookie on the counter, you will probably eat it. If you hear music, you will probably start tapping your feet. You may think that you control most of your choices, but the truth is that a large portion of your actions every day are simply a response to the environment design around you. The forms you are mailed, the food on your kitchen counter, the items on your desk at work, they all impact your behavior in one way or another. Another study that is of note to this subject is one that James Clear also wrote about, and it found that people drank 25% more water and 11% less soda when more water bottles were placed throughout the cafeteria. The researchers didn't talk to anyone, they just changed the environment, and the behavior changed as well. Bringing it back to the organ donors researchers, quote, we could say that your environment is the, quote, default option to which you were assigned. The environment you surround yourself with determines the default actions that you take on a day-to-day basis. So guess what? This is good news because you can design your environment for success. Here's how. By changing your surroundings, you can place a hurdle in the way of bad behaviors and remove the barriers to good behaviors. James Clear refers to this strategy as environment design. Here's an easy way to apply environment design to your own life. Think about your environment in relation to the number of steps it takes to perform any given habit. To make good habits easier, reduce the number of steps to do them. To make bad habits harder, increase the number of steps between you and the habit. Now this seems too simple, really, right? But ultimately, this is one of the best ways that you can Take on a strategy that's going to help you move toward good habits and move away from bad habits. So let me tell you one more time. To make good habits easier, reduce the number of steps to do them. To make bad habits harder, increase the number of steps between you and the habit. Here are some examples. Reduce mindless eating. I don't know about you, but if I see a cookie sitting on the kitchen counter, then I'm going to eat it. I don't even need to be hungry. It's just there, so I respond. I'm simply reacting to my environment. Make life easier on yourself by removing unhealthy food from your view. Put healthier options like fruit and nuts on the kitchen counter. This is true for food in the, in the pantry or in the fridge, too. If you know you ultimately don't want to eat the junk food, change up your environment and take it out of your house. If it's not in your house, there is no need for willpower to avoid eating it. It's just not an option. Watch less TV. Watching TV is a perfect example of responding to your environment. If you walk into most any living room in North America, where are all of the couches and chairs facing? Directly toward the TV. The screen is the first thing you see when you sit down. No wonder you turn it on when you're bored. Turn the couches and chairs in your living room so that they don't all face the TV. You'll watch less TV and, hopefully, you'll read more, talk more, or move more. If you're really bold, 
unplug the TV and put it in a closet for the next week. Give that a try and you'll begin to notice how your environment impacts your behavior. You could also like hide the remote or I don't know, put a sheet over the TV if it doesn't fit in the closet. I don't know what the, what the exact thing here is, but you get my idea. Okay. Less doom scroll. Now you, if you've been listening for a while, you know that this is a challenge for me. One of the ways that I change my environment so that I'm less likely to engage in this bad habit is that I delete Twitter off of my phone. Once I've done that, if I really want to look at Twitter, which in this case is the bad habit, I have to go through a couple of extra steps to reload the app and then look at it. So I also make sure to plug in my phone to charge in a room other than my bedroom at night. This means it's way less likely that I'm going to engage in the scroll before bed or in the middle of the night if I can't sleep. How about this one? Work out more frequently. This is one that's always on my mind. When you get home from a long day of work or when you're tucked into a warm bed in the morning, it doesn't take much of an obstacle to keep you from working out. You can remove one hurdle in your environment by laying out your workout clothes the night before. When your shoes, your water bottle, and your gear are ready and waiting for you, there is one less hurdle between you and a good workout. Start flossing. We've all heard that we should floss our teeth every day. Jenny and I talked about this way back in episode one of the Improvement Project when we took on flossing as one of our habits in our very first monthly challenge. I go through phases of flossing where I do it regularly and religiously every day for months, and then for some reason, it falls off. James Clear's solution was to make the floss visible and therefore more likely to be used. He bought a small bowl, dropped a handful of those pre-made flossers in it, and set it next to his toothbrush. That simple change in his environment was all he needed to start flossing consistently. Thinking about this, what small visual cues can you make for yourself for the good habits that you want to move toward? In each example that I just gave, there was an adjustment to the environmental design so that the number of steps between you and a good behavior is less than before, and the number of steps between you and a bad behavior is more than it was previously. So you can use this general idea to adjust many of the behaviors in your life, whether they're good or bad. Our preferences and habits can be crafted and encouraged by the environment around us without need for an incentive. Remember I said we were waiting for the ta-da, I need the motivation. We don't necessarily need an incentive like motivation to make the next right choice when we are surrounded by the right cues. We just do things automatically. So imagine if your world, your home, your office, your car, your gym, all of it was crafted in a way that made the good behaviors easier and the bad behaviors more difficult. How often would you make healthy and productive choices if they were simply your default response to your environment? And how much easier would that be than trying to motivate yourself all of the time? Uh, I think we know the answer. Now, just to add some extra oomph to this point, let's hear what another online pretend best friend, Gretchen Rubin, has to say about this. One of the items on her habits manifesto is this. It's easier to change our surroundings than ourselves. She asks, have you found some ways to change your surroundings in a way that helps you keep your good habits? Sometimes it's as simple as not buying the ice cream or keeping the TV remote control hidden on a high shelf or making your bed. Now let's do a little side note here and talk about making your bed for a minute. If you go way back, as I just mentioned, back to episode one of the Improvement Project, making your bed every day was one of the things on our very first habits challenge, and it was along with the flossing. 
So here are some reasons why making your bed every day, why making this daily change to your environment is a good idea. According to Charles Duhigg, who is the author of the book, The Power of Habit, daily bed making becomes a keystone habit, something that kickstarts a chain of other good decisions throughout the day and gives you a sense of taking charge. Duhigg claims that these keystone habits cumulatively lead to a greater sense of well-being and even stronger skills at sticking with a budget. Pretty impressive results for taking a minute or two to pull the sheets and comfort her up. Now, you may remember that there was a video that went viral around the socials and the interwebs. It was a guy who was Naval Admiral William McRaven, the commander of the U.S. Special Operations. In a 2014 commencement speech at University of Texan at Austin, here's what he said. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride and it will encourage you to do another task and another and another. By the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that little things in life matter. Gretchen Rubin, in her book Outer Order, Inner Calm, says that making your bed each day lowers your stress and improves your mood. So let's head back to Gretchen and changing your environment to help you take on better habits. She says that when she hears things like, I need to build my self-esteem, or I need to honor my own priorities, or I need to make time for myself, her response is, change your surroundings, not yourself. Add external accountability and you'll meet that inner expectation. And adding external accountability is so much easier than trying to change ourselves. Everything I've shared today so far has hopefully given you some information and inspiration on how to design your environment to move toward better habits and away from bad habits. But I also want to reiterate something about your environment that Jenny and I have talked about on many previous episodes, and that's how making a change in your environment can also shift your energy and be a help to your mental health. Jenny and I have talked a lot about the men's game and decluttering and about how both of us feel calmer, more creative, more productive, and overall just better when we are in a cleaner, decluttered, more organized space. In a decluttered space, your brain does not have to work so hard. This leaves you feeling calm and energized rather than stressed and overwhelmed. If you aren't sure what I'm talking about when I say men's game, it's a monthly challenge inspired by the minimalists where you declutter your world. On day one of the month, you get rid of one thing. On day two, two things. On day three, three things, and so on until you reach the end of the month. Day 30 or 31, you get rid of 30 or 31 things. So if you are successful in the men's game, you will have taken 465, or for a month with 31 days, 496 things out of your house and out of your life. If you want to hear more about decluttering or listen in as Jenny and I discuss the men's game and decluttering, check out episodes 37 to 40 and also episodes 90 and 92 of The Improvement Project. I mentioned Gretchen Rubin's book, Outer Order, Inner Calm. When she was promoting the book in March of 2019, she said this, Why are we experiencing this anti-clutter moment? The world just feels very noisy and overwhelming, Rubin says. One way to bring down the noise in your head is to bring down the noise in your environment and to make your life easier and calmer. All right, I hope that today's episode has encouraged you to look around your environment to see if there are cues that are moving you toward your good habits and away from your bad habits, or if you can change anything up to help you move toward success. I'm also curious to hear if you've ever done a decluttering challenge like the men's game, and if you experience the same environmental phenomenon of calm when your space is more organized and decluttered. 
come on over to Instagram and send me a DM to let me know what works for you or what you're going to try after listening to this episode. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Let me know what you're going to change up in your environment, if anything, after listening to this episode. For questions or comments, send an email to theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. You can come and say hi on the socials. The best place to find me is on Instagram, at drpeggymalone. Send me a DM with questions or comments, or just say hi. And you can always get my attention by using the hashtag, The Improvement Project. Also, come and join the Facebook group. Search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that I mentioned during today's show in the show notes at theimprovementproject.com. If this episode was helpful at all for you, please be sure to tell a friend and share it with them. This is the number one way that new listeners find this podcast. So if you found it helpful or entertaining, pass it on. Until next time, my friend, stay focused and get after it. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of this episode of The Improvement Project. Have you struggled with getting new habits to stick? You really want to follow through, but you just can't get started. Or if you get started, you can't get consistent, or you're just not sure what to do. Do any of these sound familiar to you? You might be aware that humans have been supporting each other and working together since the beginning of humans. And that, my friends, is the power of accountability. If you can harness that power, maybe you'll find that you'll be one step closer tomorrow than you are today toward not only better habits and routines, but also your biggest goals and dreams. Are you with me? I got really interested in how different people respond differently to accountability, and I came up with a framework of four different types of habits personalities and how they respond to accountability. I then put it all together in a super fun quiz that will help you to understand how to best add accountability into your life so that you are way more likely to follow through on your habits and ultimately find the way to your big dreams and goals. If you'd like to see what your habits personality is and what may be your best strategy to incorporate the power of accountability to be a better human head on over to drpeggymalone.com forward slash habits quiz and take the quiz for yourself. That's drpeggymalone.com forward slash habits quiz. You got this. Get after it.